Welcome to Audio Leads, the marketing podcast from Rumble Studio that helps you grow your business with audio. From branded podcasts to social audio, learn to use audio to acquire more leads and close more deals. Welcome to Audio Leads. My name's Carl Robinson, co-founder and CEO of Rumble Studio, a software company that helps you record and publish audio fast. Audio is quickly taking the marketing world by storm. However, finding an effective audio marketing strategy to grow your business can be a challenge, uh, one we're currently trying to solve ourselves at Rumble Studio. There are just so many options, from branded podcasts to social audio, microcasts, and many more. And we're experimenting with all of them. So we decided to launch this podcast, Audio Leads, to share the conversations that we have with the experts and the brands who've successfully used audio for marketing as we seek out the best strategies, the best tools and techniques to use audio to grow our business. So this podcast was recorded using our own product, Rumble Studio, which allows us to conduct remote asynchronous guest interviews quickly and easily. The host sets some questions and then the guest records their answers in their own time. And this not only avoids having to schedule live interviews with guests, saving time for everyone, but it also means that team members from across our company can easily contribute to this podcast by hosting their own episode. So without further ado, I'll pass you over to our host today, who will introduce our guest. Thank you, Carl, for your introduction. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Audio Leads. My name is Joey, and I'm talking to you from Paris today. Uh, we have James Mulvani here with us. He is the founder of three successful companies, Radio.co, a complete radio station management tool, Podcast.co, a company that offers full-service podcasting, including a platform for hosting and distribution, and Matchmaker.fm, a simple-to-use platform to showcase high-profile podcasts who are looking for incredible guests. He is a very accomplished man. <laughs> Welcome. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. And um, yeah, it's great to be here on this podcast. Well, James, it sounds like you created a solution to every problem a podcaster may encounter. <laughs> Why did you decide to found Matchmaker? And do all companies complete each other in some way? So the idea of Matchmaker.fm came around because I had an existing podcast business called Podcast.co, which is a platform that hosts podcasts. And we also work producing podcasts on behalf of clients as well. And approximately 60 to 80% of podcasts are based on interviews or having people on as a guest. Uh, but it seemed that lots and lots of people were sort of tr turning to traditional means to kind of connect with people. So they were going through Twitter or LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. And it was often quite a convoluted process to find guests. And particularly if you want to say book a bunch of guests for your podcast, let's say you've got like a marketing podcast, you might want to find a guest who knows about AdWords, you might want to find someone who knows about SEO, and then someone who's an expert in content writing, and lining people up for say a whole series of, of on a specific topic and, and getting those experts who have knowledge with those specific, specific areas was quite complicated and it could take quite a long time to do that. So we thought, wouldn't it be great if there was a way to simplify this? Um, and that's really the, where the idea for Matchmaker came around. We started initially with a really simple MVP. We had two pages on the podcast.co site one which was aimed at guests who were looking to be booked onto shows and one which was aimed at podcasters who were looking for experts and guests. People started filling out these forms. They were just two Google forms. 
And we effectively had no way of connecting these two groups of people together, but it, it illustrated to us that there was a clear demand for this type of platform. And that's why we then started building Matchmaker. So we launched matchmaker.fm in um, February, end of February, start of March 2020, kind of just around the time the pandemic was hitting in. And again, I think that's been another a tribute to the success of it. We've grown from zero to now over 35,000 members in that space of time. It's an incredibly active community with all sorts of experts and a tremendous range of podcasts. So if anyone listening is interested in getting uh, great guests for their show or they're interested in getting booked onto a podcast or both, head on to matchmaker.fm and sign up. It's free, of course, to join. I have to say mission accomplished then <laughs> because um, we at Audio Leads have used Matchmaker on multiple occasions, um, you know, because Audio Leads is a new podcast. So it's especially difficult to book guests f to be on your show when you're just starting out. So Matchmaker really helped us get in touch with people who... Uh, who were adequate guests for our show. And I have to say it made the whole process a lot easier and, you know, it saved us tons of time. So I recommend everyone listening to this podcast to give it a go if they have some issues booking guests. You know, it's the best platform to do so. So um, were you ever a professional podcaster? And what were the main problems that you encountered? How did you solve them? Yeah, I mean, I've always been interested in podcasts. Um, the history, my history of podcasts actually starts way back in 2008. And I was a student. I was at university. I had um, a business which I just started a couple of years before. Uh, one interesting fact about me as an entrepreneur is I've actually never had a job working for anyone else. I started my first ever business when I was like 16 so then I went off to university and yeah, the 2008, I, I'd been in this sort of shared office environment, I suppose kind of like those days, uh, we work didn't exist, but it was, it was a similar thing, like a, a business incubator. So I shared an office with a bunch of other companies who were doing the same thing, going through the same processes as me. And I made good friends uh, with a guy called Steve Ben, who uh, is a marketer. And we kind of were just like figuring out a lot of stuff at the same time. So we recorded a, a podcast. I can't remember how many episodes we did in the end, probably around like 15 to 20. And I wish I had a copy of these because I've tried to find them. They're not, they're no longer online. I'm sure they're locking around on one of my old hard drives or something, but I'd love to listen back to them. And all we did is we just sat down and recorded a conversation between us, uh, we called the podcast Kickstart Profits. And it was really good fun because, um, you know, the medium then was was kind of super nerdy. It was not something that was like, I don't think it had the widespread appeal that it does now. But I kind of wish we stuck at it. But yeah, we, we probably recorded this between maybe 2008, 2009, released a few episodes. And we were just talking about marketing and, and you know, how we were growing our businesses and just discussing concepts. Really, really good fun. Since then, I've gone on to work with a variety of clients. I've done a few of my own podcasts. Currently, I have one called Match, which is on Matchmaker. Uh, I did a podcast called Create, Reach, Inspire, which was where I was interviewing various high-profile sort of entrepreneurs. And yeah, we work with clients all over the world producing podcasts on behalf of them. We've worked with clients like Rock Nation, Samsung, uh, amongst others, big and small. And uh, it's really interesting because I get this kind of insider view of, of what's going on in the industry. You know, as a pod, as a new podcaster myself, you, you can only learn from the mistakes that you've made or from the episode that 
you've created before. So I think that when you told me that you had a podcast back in 2008, 2009, the whole, the process must have been so much more different than it is now. You know, even though you describe it as being a short, short-lived experience, uh, I'm sure that it has impacted your process now in many different ways. And you know where you can save time, you know how to speak, etc. Like all of this takes time. This is what we're trying to do here at Audio Leads. You know, with every episode, we, we learn and we try to apply what we've learned in the following episode. <laughs> yeah, I think this is what every podcaster goes through. So it's refreshing to hear that, you know, a podcaster, a successful podcaster such as yourself uh, went through the exact same things. You know, it gives us hope. <laughs> In your opinion, what are some common mistakes that podcasters make? Okay, so common mistakes podcasters make, I think, number one, they're not consistent. Too many people give up after just recording like a couple of episodes. This is really that's factually proven and it's evident from, you know, if you look at the statistics of how many podcasts out there have like one or two episodes, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it's a staggering amount. I think it's something like 80% of podcasts don't make it past five episodes. So the first thing to do is, you know, make it past sort of the first few episodes. But my advice to podcasters who are looking to start a podcast is don't just think about what you're going to record in your, your first episode or your second episode. Try and map out your, your entire first season, now, whether that's sort of six episodes, eight, 10, 12, whatever it might be. Map out your first season, figure out what topics you're going to cover on each episode Find relevant guests who you can kind of call on for their expertise so you can kind of tell that story and, and try and link the episodes together so they form part of a bigger picture. Um, but, yeah, the, the the main mistake is just not being consistent. And I think people expect, like, overnight success or overnight fame. The reality of podcasting is you quite often have to work really hard at it before you'll see the returns uh, in terms of listener numbers. Another thing is just, you know, audio quality. Um, I think gone are the days when it's acceptable for like you just to record on a laptop and have noise in the background. I think if you're going to take it seriously, you need to invest in equipment um, to make sure that you're looking and sounding as good as you can. Um, video, another big important, like think, think about recording your podcast as video uh, because I think video is really important too and it allows you to cross-purpose your content. You can take the best bits out, put it on social media, YouTube, etc. Well, I completely agree with you. I mean, consistency really is key to a successful podcast. And in order to be consistent, you really, really have to plan ahead and, you know, figure out which guests are going to appear on your show and what dates and everything like have a clear schedule before time ahead of time so that you have an episode coming out each week for example and investing in high quality audio recording equipment um, you know really doesn't have to be something that's very expensive uh, we, we've actually written a blog about it you know if you check our blog uh, you can you can read all about it, how to make your audio sound uh, crisper and uh, cleaner, basic uh, podcast recording equipment. And what is one piece of advice that you would give someone who is just starting their podcast? I'd say if you're going to start a podcast, start with your audience, okay? If you're thinking about launching your podcast, it's not about you. It's about who your listener is. So define who that listener is going to be or what audience you're going to be targeting try and figure out what questions or burning desires or knowledge they have or how you're going to be entertaining them 
and take it from there. I completely, completely agree. I think this is a mistake that most podcasters make, you know, when they're first starting out, they, you know, talk about things that they think are interesting, but they're not, they haven't really figured out uh, which audience they want to reach out to. So this is, this is a big problem that people don't often realize they're doing wrong. There are a lot of podcasts that start off with a big audience and with relevant content and everything. But after some time, uh, they just stop producing content. Like they stop producing episodes altogether. What do you think is the main reason behind that? And and how do you suggest this problem can be solved? Well, there's lots and lots of podcasts that don't make it past like the first five episodes. Um, I think there's a few reasons for this. I think, number one, sometimes people just get bored. Like I mentioned before, they expect to be Joe Rogan overnight. And, of course, it doesn't always happen like that. Sometimes it's a time commitment. You know, people try and bite off more than they can chew. Again, that's why I always suggest to people who are looking to start out, just focus on doing one season. Don't worry about, like, producing 52 episodes a year because, believe it or not, it's quite a lot of work to actually create good podcasts. And if you're going to do it properly, you're going to create all the assets and you know, marketing materials around them for one person to do that all alone is quite a lot of work. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, that's probably one of the reasons why people kind of drop out because they actually think, well, do you know what? I've got other things to do. Um, but of course, you know, if you don't put in the work, then you don't get the rewards just like anything really. Do you want to grow your business with audio and receive articles and podcasts once per week? Then subscribe to the number one audio marketing newsletter by visiting rumble.studio slash newsletter. James, you are the founder of three companies that appear to complete each other in a way, uh, like I mentioned earlier. With regards to your personal time management, how do you successfully run all of them simultaneously? Yeah, so I have three different businesses. Um, well, I suppose two different companies. We, we run three different brands. Uh, radio.co, which is a, a live streaming platform for the radio industry, broadcast uh, anything from anywhere to anywhere, which is pretty cool. We established uh, in 2015, so we're going for six years nearly, which is pretty cool. We also have podcast.co, and as part of that company, we have matchmaker.fm, so there's three different web properties that we run um how do i run three simultaneously well i have a good team behind me um i have around 35 team members who who back up our products we make sure that we have dedicated resources to each so for example each platform has their own development team that focus just on that platform and we also make sure that you know we're we're sort of as, as a management team you know like my cmo my coo CTO, we all sit down once every month and we talk about every single platform and make sure that we're kind of giving each product the attention that it deserves. Um, you know, identifying if there's any issues, the things that we need to resolve, talking about how we can move the businesses forward, and talking about you know what's next for those those products. Um, and, and again, it is just down to scale. I think three for me right now is probably like my limit. I would not want to run as an entrepreneur. I think you've got to you know, you've only got so much mental bandwidth, you've only got so many hours in a day. And I think three products for me feels like a sweet spot of, of, you know, I can kind of, it keeps it interesting because I have a variety of different things that I can pay attention to, but without becoming completely overwhelming, if you start running like five or 10 different platforms, 
there's ultimately some that are going to get pushed to the back and ultimately kind of maybe become irrelevant. So uh, I find three is a good number for me. Running three different companies is already an amazing achievement. Some people can only hope to run one, if any, company during their lifetime. So, you know, all it needs is motivation, consistency and ambition. And you have all three of those qualities. Now, as someone who is experienced in the world of podcasting and audio in general, how do you think audio can help in marketing a business or a product? Can you share some success stories? I think audio is a, a fantastic tool for marketing. Uh, it's something I believe every company should be considering now as part of their marketing mix. Uh, in terms of success stories, just go out there and look at like who's killing it in the podcasting world. Go onto your podcast directory, whatever industry that you're you're involved in. Um, type in you know key, key keywords. So, for example, let's say you're uh, a real estate entrepreneur you know maybe you're into property development or maybe you have a, a realtor business whatever you know go out there find podcasts that you look up to and you can model your podcast on what they're doing find out what makes them tick and what they're doing right which is like you know why what's fundamentally pulling people to go and listen to that podcast um it, it's something it varies for different industries you know like ultimately pod, people go and listen to podcasts for two main reasons it's either because they want education or it's because they want entertainment um sometimes it's both but quite often it's more than often one or the other so for example the best performing podcast category is actually still comedy uh, and sports because people want to go and be entertained but then of course there are plenty of people who are going to listen to podcasts who want knowledge and certainly when it comes to podcasting in the in a business perspective you're not always going to make something that's hilarious but you can i suppose um, i think you're better off by just producing really good quality content that that's kind of feeling that that people's thirst for, for knowledge um but yeah if you could you could start off with simple stuff like go and speak to your customer success team or go and speak to your sales floor or your customer support guys or whatever find out the questions that are coming up time and time and time again and then just produce your podcast series around that you know your initial podcast series and then don't don't forget to promote it like once you've recorded a podcast um you actually need to go and push it out to your audience your existing customers or your prospects and then it will become a good tool to not only educate them but generate new leads and help convert customers too uh you know another great thing is to to as i mentioned before interview other people find people in your industry who are doing really fascinating things and pick their brains and try and make it something that's valuable listening for your audience that's exactly what we're trying to do with audio leads we're trying to broaden our knowledge about audio content marketing and applying uh, you know the things that guest experts uh, just as yourself are explaining to us and then you know updating our listeners on what happened after we applied the certain principles uh, that uh, the guests mention or recommend us to do um, you know we found that it's a very interesting format for us and for our listeners and you know branded podcasts really really don't have to be you know all about spreading information on the about the brand itself they can be really fun. Uh, you can always find new and creative ways to uh, either, you know, record your podcast or market it. Um, 
you know, it, all it needs is a little creativity and imagination. And you've got yourself a great podcast, I think. <laughs> um, so when brands and companies use audio to market their products, they still need to market their audio after recording it. So how would you advise them to do that? And are there some mistakes that, you know, they should avoid? And how can they do that? How to market the audio of the audio. Okay. So when brands and companies use audio to market their products, they still need to market their audio after recording it. I see. So how do you, I suppose the question here is, how do you market a podcast? As I mentioned in the previous answer, like you've got to make sure that you're actually pushing each episode out. So start with an email chain. You know, you, most companies have got some kind of email list, whether or not they actively email them and really give them good value or if they just use it to sell stuff to them. Uh, is another question. But if you've got an email list, you know, just build a sequence based around your podcast. Sell the benefits of listening to each episode. The amount of people I see on LinkedIn who will just be like, hey, I've got a new podcast episode live. Go and listen to it. Well, uh, for me as a, as a sort of a reader of LinkedIn or a viewer, a user or potential listener, why should I go and listen to that episode? You've got to really sell the benefits. You know, in this episode, I spoke to blah, blah, blah. And you will learn one, two, and three. You know, that's sort of a simple way. It's like just stick to three key things that you'll find out by listening to that entire episode. So make sure you're selling the benefits of each episode. And that doesn't matter if you're pushing out via an email list or via LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever platform you're on. You could even create content talking about the podcast. So quite often on LinkedIn, for example, I if I push out a new uh, piece of content, long form piece of content, I will then create shorter form pieces of content which sell certain concepts or certain things that people are going to learn within that long piece of content to encourage people to then click onto the YouTube video or the podcast episode or whatever it might be. But ultimately, you know, you've got to justify why the user should spend time um, actually consuming that piece of content we're definitely going to try some of the tactics and ways that you suggested because you know the way that we're doing it is uh, just promoting you know a new episode that's out Uh, now we do create a video snippet each time an episode goes uh, goes live but maybe it's not enough maybe we should write more in text so we're gonna apply that and we'll see what happens at podcast.co Uh, Is there a standard way to market a podcast? What are the usual steps that your company takes to make your clients' podcasts stand out? Yeah, so when it comes to producing podcasts on behalf of clients, the first step is to, we'll sit down with them and we'll find out, you know, what their core business is, what their ideal KPIs are. Why are they actually starting a podcast? From that, we'll then, our creative team will normally come up with a strong concept, something that's going to stand out, something that fits the brief of, of what the client wants. Um, this doesn't just involve making up as we go along. You know, this is something that we're strategic about. So we'll have, uh, you know, our, our head of production will sit down, we'll start brainstorming ideas. Once we've kind of formulated the idea, our copywriter might start producing, um, you know, like a, a spec for the podcast. And, and making sure that the production is really tight, you know, editing is really on point, making sure every single piece of content sounds and looks as good as it possibly can, making sure that we've created enough um, assets that the, the client can then go and promote the podcast effectively. And of course, just making it as, as easily accessible for by, you know, where making sure it's all over the directory. So Spotify, Apple, Google, etc. And, you know, basically, I think there is a big difference 
between podcasts that are kind of homegrown or homemade, even when you look at just like down to the design of the cover art, but actually having you know, professional team who are creating podcasts for our clients who know exactly what they're doing makes a difference between something that's good and something that's really, really great and stand out. That's in my opinion. Could you please share some do's and don'ts concerning the promotion of a podcast? Because, you know, um, a lot of people are not experienced in how to market it, on which channels, uh, what to say, you know. Do's and don'ts about marketing a promotion of a podcast you know i'd say don't just say oh hey there's a new episode live do sell the benefits and the content of each episode don't just put content out sporadically do follow a schedule to try and keep it uh, regular and uh you know make sure that you're following through if you're going to deliver a podcast episode every friday make sure it's every friday if you're going to do it every other week make sure it's every other week um don't try and bite, bite off more than you can chew. Like I, for example, I did a series last year called Working Lunch and it was every single Wednesday and it kind of became a bit all time consuming for me. So I had to kind of have a little break every now and again. Um, but if you're going to be doing a podcast on your own, just try and think about your schedule and how you're going to build it into your week and try and like allocate time to actually promoting your episodes too. Uh, too many people think, oh, I've recorded it. There we go. It's good to go. But actually, you should probably spend as much time, if not more time, on promoting your episodes than you do recording them. Oh, really? I have to say that's a bit surprising. I, I never imagined that, you know, we should spend that much time marketing our new episodes. You know, I guess we have to step it up a notch. <laughs> Lately, I noticed that a lot of brands and a lot of companies market their podcasts uh, in a visual way. For example, they market their podcasts using pictures or videos on Instagram or on other social media channels. It depends uh, what the podcast is about, of course, and the audience they're targeting. Um, so I wanted to ask you, is there a way that someone can market audio using audio? without visual aids? Of course, you know, we need to practice what we preach. We have uh, a few different podcasts. We have the Podcast Lab, we have Meet the Podcasters, we have Matched uh, amongst a couple of others, uh, all about the whole topic of podcasting. You can go check them out um, over on podcast.co. Uh, and basically, you know, that's a, a great way of promoting what we do and also meeting some really interesting people within the industry. A lot of successful podcasts are filmed and published on YouTube. So people watch them as if they were Saturday Night Live. And I'm one of these people, by the way. <laughs> I guess I enjoy uh, seeing the faces behind the voices. In what circumstances can having a video version of a podcast be advantageous? And can it ever be a bad idea or hurt the podcast in general? I think video is uh, always a good idea. It's so easy to record video now. Even if it's just a webcam video, I think at least you've got something to work with. You can either put the whole episode out on YouTube. And bear in mind, YouTube is the, the world's second biggest search engine. So you know, if you can title your podcast effectively, people will be able to discover it. And you know, again, it goes back to sort of selling what's in the episode rather than just saying, here's the title of the show. But yeah, I think always, if you can, try and record video, even if it's just to kind of clip out the best bits and use them to promote it. Okay, so James, I think we're going to try to include more videos in our marketing strategy and in marketing audio leads and every time an episode goes out. We already write 
a blog every time an episode goes live and we have video snippets as I mentioned earlier and pictures and everything but I think that we need to work more on uh, reels for example or short videos or even long longer videos to uh, to publish on YouTube just like you suggested and I want to thank you so much for for all of your explanations all of your suggestions and thank you for being on the show it was a pleasure and we'll see you again soon thanks very much for having me uh, this has been an interesting little uh, conversation Thank you for listening to this episode of Audio Leads, brought to you by Rumble Studio. If you enjoyed this conversation, you'll probably enjoy our weekly newsletter too. It's our selection of the week's best articles and podcasts related to audio marketing. To get it, visit rumble.studio newsletter. That's rumble.studio newsletter. And if you're interested in creating some audio yourself, you might like to give Rumble Studio a try. Sign up for a free account at rumble.studio.